Yes, I just committed the ultimate false start. Sending Trey into a panic that you might have even heard as we headed into our most recent break I here in the Fastlane. I was very confused. Lane. Yes. So, what we meant to do is what we will do right now, legitimately, for the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns quarterback, placed on season-ending injured reserve after suffering injuries to his shoulder and ankle, injuries through which he played in the Browns' come-from-behind victory at Baltimore. You ready for multiple truths can exist right here? Deshaun Watson, when it comes to the injury that he sustained, it is an immense amount of toughness to play through a broken shoulder and an ankle injury in the come-from-behind victory at Baltimore. However, the part of this as well that you can also mention is that Deshaun Watson's toughness in that situation can't be questioned, but boy, you absolutely can question whether or not this was a viable deal for the Cleveland Browns. And as if the NFL owners needed any more ammunition to say, yeah, we're not giving out fully guaranteed contracts, despite what players and player pro-union advocates in the world might think um, this is the result of that. You've got a guy who had all of last season, he was suspended for a chunk, never looked in form afterwards. There always seemed to be something with injuries popping up before this and now he gets severely injured. Two years, you're on the hook for the entire amount of Deshaun Watson and you need to find out what you have in other quarterbacks. Yeah, that ain't being replicated anytime soon. So you can praise his toughness at Baltimore while justifiably criticizing and pointing out the very valid business reason that the NFL owners who are in the business of watching up for their bottom line dollar, dollar bills, y'all. are not about to shed any fully guaranteed dollar, dollar bills, y'all. to any particular client in any situation. Number four. For the, the other part to the Deshaun Watson development that's popped up. This is now the fifth player to suffer a season-ending quarterback injury. Aaron Rodgers, of course, with the infamous Achilles injury. Same thing, Kirk Cousins. Daniel Jones with the knee injury. And Anthony Richardson, the rookie quarterback for Indianapolis with the shoulder injury. Five quarterbacks now, season-ending injuries. Here are a couple things just to consider. One of which is when you have fewer practices, like NFL teams do, there's less time. Offensive line play is going to regress. It is harder than ever before. And I do understand that something like Aaron Rodgers scrambling looked more like a fluky play. But also, this is the truth. You're taking more of a beating, more cumulative wear and tear on your body, meaning you're playing through those injuries. You're asking different parts of your body to compensate for other injured areas. So you're stressing them in ways you might not normally do that. And therefore, it starts to add up. Fewer practices, you are bound to get something like this. Offensive line play doesn't have time to gel, which creates a much different problem that we have clearly seen right now when it comes to the NFL. Number three. Quick side note on college football, but Northwestern expected to hire interim coach Dave Braun as the school's permanent head coach. They has Northwestern as a 5-5 five and five team after the 1-11 season last year. Um, this falls under the same category with Pat Fitzgerald and kind of his old school tactics. Bronco Mendenhall was uh, believed to have done a lot of that, the mind games type deal at Virginia. Um, And a lot of the 
uh, getting people on the same page, but the psychological warfare type approach. That's really hard to keep up. In this day and age of player empowerment and the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness and everything players have at their disposal to exert leverage. You have to treat it much more like a collaborative partnership rather than a my way or the highway. And the, the change from Northwestern, even after a year, from the, the legend during his time, but maybe out of time and out of touch, as our friends Daryl Hall and John Oates would remind us. The outdated coaching tactics of yesteryear. Virginia having to move on from it with Bronco Mendenhall. I know they haven't done great with Tony Elliott, but it may have reached its ceiling. Justin Fuente and not really emphasizing the recruitment and the player connectivity part. Uh, the way that Brent Price seems to have embraced right now. And then, of course, Northwestern, the latest example that shows something similar to that. That was kind of the big takeaway of seeing this news of Northwestern dropping the interim tag on their coach, a guy that nobody seems to know who he is and certainly didn't know who David Braun was before the season. But it brings up something that you're seeing in a lot of places, including our backyard of Virginia and Virginia Tech. Number two. Shed a tear for this one because on their Facebook page yesterday, the Winston Cup Museum announced that December 16th will be the last day they are open. After 19 years of preserving the NASCAR history during the Winston Cup era, 1971 through 2003, the enshrinement is being shut down. This is where just big business kind of sucks. And I get NASCAR is a sport that has thrived on big business. But the museum owner has been involved in a months-long legal battle with R.J. Reynolds' tobacco company, the parent company for Winston. Um, And most specifically, over the usage of the Winston Cup branding and trademarks. I mean, really, does the larger corporation, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco and ITG Brands, do they really need their hand in the pie of the Winston Cup Museum? Not really. But we know power and money are inextricably linked. And when you can make a lot of money off of something like the Winston Cup Museum, even if it's not a ton, it's enough money that somebody's going to want to come sniffing around when it comes to that. And that's the truth of the matter when it comes to this, is that bigger companies ultimately are going to act in the best interest of themselves. And if it means you shut down something like the Winston Cup Museum, which is being shut down in NASCAR, I hate it because it's a staple to the past of NASCAR. And I'm a child, uh, I grew up as a child of the NASCAR Winston Cup era, but it is part of how big business operates, sometimes not for the betterment of anyone other than their shareholders and their bottom line, which is, of course, why they exist. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Speaking of the bottom line and power and money being inextricably tied, postseason waivers for James Madison and Jacksonville State are discussed and will likely be decided on this evening per sources including Pete Thamel of ESPN and Ross Dellinger of Yahoo. There are four different NCAA committees involved in the waiver process. Uh, Let's just pause on that one for a second right there. The NCAA needs four different committees to weigh in on this. Shouldn't that tell us something about their form of operation? When you need four different committees to weigh in on something, are you not over bloated when it comes to how you set up your infrastructure? And it brings the question of why people continue to pump more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. into a governing body that doesn't seem to address the student athlete welfare in a way they claim to, doesn't seem to want to change, and will unlikely it will be unlikely that they will actually do something like that. And Trey, you have hit the nail on the head numerous times that this could be a lot of fun if the NCAA announced this 
at College Game Day at JMU this coming Saturday that both teams are eligible for postseason play. Obviously, it's going to come sooner than that one way or another this evening. But call me cynical and skeptical in my old age. I have a difficult time believing the NCAA will actually do the right thing and grant JMU and Jacksonville State the waiver, but instead cling to precedent and to the paternalistic nature of we have to protect schools from themselves even if they choose to make the jump to 1A and hey, if they're not ready for it, they're just going to get shellacked and left out of bowl eligibility. What would schools know about those resources making the jump themselves and whether they are actually committed or not? Oh, who knows? I'm just saying uh, there was a key line in in Shane Metlin's piece is that if the, the announcement might not be tonight, the decision will. So that's a difference. So they can make the decision tonight, hide the announcement till. I don't know, Saturday. I'm just saying, my idea is uh, is still there. Just saying. It is. You know, Trey, the dirty four-letter word applies to you here in the fast lane. Of all the sound bites, by the way, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real, you know, egomaniacal as a host, Trey. But if you could find a beat button sound effect and put it in our sound effects folder, I think that we need to start using that every time we use the four-letter word that starts with an H. Hope. Yes. I don't have hope it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying, I think that would be like the call of a decade if I just called that perfectly. You know, if it does, we will factor it into your votes. All of I know is, recap is there going to be a three-hour show with at least two million people watching? If they say no, that is going to be a three-hour Barry session of the NCAA. All those so anti- just saying. And by the way, it does have relevance to Liberty University as well because it could determine who they play in the Conference USA Championship game. Right now, it's slated to be New Mexico State, but Jacksonville State could get that last-second waiver request as well. By the way, Trey, if you are correct, just remember this. And guess what? We keep receipts. We keep receipts at Fastlane Edlane, where you listen to podcasts so we can always go back into the archives and give credit where it is due. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Of course, we can't shut up here in the Fast Lane, so we're going to table the conversation on Phoebus scoring 104 points against Jamestown in the college high school, in the high school, not college, but the first round of Class 4, 4A, high school football playoff action this past weekend. Um, Because... Folks have had feedback on it and, and want to get to the proper time. But there are a couple points that have come in on Liberty University. One goes back to the bold discussion we've had. Shane, Shannon chimes in, not Shane, but Shannon has chimed in. We appreciate everyone's feedback. The top-ranked Conference USA champion will be in the mix for the Fiesta Cotton or Chick-fil-A Bowl if it's the highest-ranked group of five champion and it's not in the college football playoff. All right, we're going to stop right there. They're not getting into the college football playoff. That ain't happening. It's unlikely because it seems like the college football playoff wants to slot whoever wins the AAC into that position as the highest ranked group of five team for the college football playoff rankings. And the other thing is, it is not going to be Jacksonville State or New Mexico State that would have a chance to get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. It's Liberty or nothing. And even if it's Liberty, it's unlikely to be them in other spots. Now, Shannon also throws this out there, and this is worth keeping in mind. The Conference USA Bowl tie-ins and affiliations will be based on geographic locations while avoiding repeat appearances like Liberty in the Cure Bowl down in Orlando. The normal Hawaii Bowl slot will be back next year for the 2024 season, and the Independence Bowl spot is off until 2025. So just keep in mind, guys, when you're projecting bowls for Liberty, that these don't apply. Um, First of all, 
Again, I will raise my hand. Hawaii Bowl, even though that stadium they play in now is not what it used to be, nobody's going to the Hawaii Bowl because of the stadium. You're going for an excuse to go to the islands. Insert the Bahamas Bowl logic here, although I'd prefer the Bahamas because it's much easier to get there over the holiday season, and it's a lot less expensive, especially if you're trying to convince the entire family to go towards something like that. Meanwhile, the Independence Bowl, I mean, we don't have to bring it back in 2025. We can... Let's head to the casinos in Shreveport. Let's do it, Ed. That is what Trey's ultimate objective and goal is, and then I'll have to force myself to find the $10 That's cheaper. I was going to say, it's cheaper than going to the Bahamas. And there's casinos. Both places have casinos. I'm just saying... If there's any futures we need to play, we could go to Shreveport. We definitely could, Trey. By the way, speaking of casinos, uh, a shout-out to the Commonwealth of Virginia for getting the death box ban in place. You know those video poker games that you can find everywhere at convenience stores and all those random places? Quote, skill games, end quote, which were game skill, except it takes less skill than deciding coach of the year or who might win a game involving a Virginia team. Speaking of Virginia teams, time to go to Virginia Tech basketball right now on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. 